back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and with me again is Mr. Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, we we talked about being in the summer dregs last time. and Even more man, so this time. We got, I mean, Kyle Dubas is doing some exciting stuff, but he's about it. We, we don't have a whole lot to get into today. Um, off the top here, um, I did want to mention our social media. Follow us on X, Twitter, whatever it's whatever it's called, at YWT Podcast. Kevin's at Kevin underscore Durso everywhere. Um, we're working on that. That's a weird thing. Follow us I on know. Sports Talk Philly as well. I literally just keep saying follow on social media, like you said, right off the top, because it's way easier than trying to figure out what the names of anything is anymore. Absolutely. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Thank you. There's one that's uh, not going anywhere anytime soon. No. YouTube is YouTube. There no, you go. You are not wrong. Uh, all right. So first things first, we do have a little bit of Flyers news to get into here. It's not a whole lot. Uh, Sam Erson, who is somewhere between third and second and fourth in the depth chart, depending on how things (laughs) shake out here, uh, signed a two-year extension. Uh, He does have one year remaining on his current deal, but this Mm -hmm. does extend him through 25-26 at $1.45 which is a fantastic number. Yeah, so this is like, you know, last season, Travis Sanheim fell into this category. This is getting ahead of the final year of the contract. And realistically... Well, this one might age a little better than that one. Well, yeah, but this is... But it's realistically, it's it's checking off an item that could have waited until next offseason, but you're really getting ahead here. Sure. The value's great. I mean, the value is great for what Fantastic. he seems like he's able to contribute. And, you know, I get it. It's not, you know, he didn't have the largest sample size over the course of... From an NHL perspective, anyway. I believe that the final totals were 12 games. He had a six and three record. It's like, you, you kind of know what you're working with. He did have eight, a shutout eight, nine, nine save percentage goals against just above three, not great numbers, but again, not a good team in front of them. So, and it depended on when you looked at it too, because let's remember like his NHL debut was a six to five loss to Carolina. That was like just a total miss. And he, and he didn't play the whole game. So that makes your goals against go higher than the typical number. And for what it's worth, 42 games with the Phantoms, Two eight four goals against nine hundred save percentage, which again the AHL the goalie numbers get a little wonky, but mm-hmm. still solid numbers for a player in his first real full season on North American ice. Exactly, and it was the flashes of what you saw too. Like let's let's not forget the NHL debut was I don't want to call it terrible because he really got left out to dry in that Oof. game against Carolina, but he comes back into a game because that was a game where Carter Hart got hurt. He yep. comes back in to finish off the game. They're they're losing at that point. I think it was six to two when he came back into the game. And they come back to cut it to six to five before he like and he doesn't actually end up taking the loss as a result of that because he's not the goalie of record on the right. goal that was the game winner. And then after that, he starts getting more starts and he starts getting wins. He yep. won, I think he won five either five or all six in a row. And then down the stretch, they were just such a brutal, you know, they, they were they were a brutal team to watch. And he yeah. kind of was just on the hook for some of that rough stuff, you know, like that's just the way it is. But he reeled off six wins in a row. And that included, you know, that included a couple. I mean, he had he had one game where he was I think, he had some really solid performances. He, he he obviously like there's one game in there. He had a shutout and he had another where I think it was, what, 40 seconds away from a shutout. And he was <sighs> like. Like he, he looked like he was on the verge of it then. So so you're talking about two games where he played 59 plus minutes and didn't give up anything. Two games like, where he stole you the game. 
you know, pretty or close to. Did, I mean, did, one his, of, did his best. Um, the the shut the game where he actually got the shutout was against Buffalo. I wouldn't say he necessarily stole that one because the team won four nothing, right. but but some of the other ones like he's right. You know, he's right on it, and he and he looked really good over the course of those handful of games, and. It's important to recognize that during that time in particular, because that was at a time when they were dealing with some injuries in goal, so he was going to be a natural call-up because he was really the best thing they had in the minors. And during sure. that time, he was getting he was giving you performances that Felix Sandstrom wasn't giving you, so he was getting more attention. Like sure. There was a lot of talk that he was the best goalie out of camp, realistically speaking. Because they really didn't get to showcase Carter Hart that much in camp. So he was getting a lot of ice time in preseason games and looking really good. And then he got a call up and he looks really good again. And all of a sudden, like John Tortorella's even talking, and John Tortorella does not like talking about his goalies too much, but no. he's at least looking at it and going, he's given us something, like, and, and we want to keep seeing him. You know, and that's that's the thing. And the intrigue, the intrigue in him is very real. Yes, it is a small sample and it's only going to grow as the years go on. It's definitely going to grow next season. Sure. And there is a reason to believe that once, you you know, and again, I don't I don't want to spend too much time because I know this is a first of all, this is the first place everybody goes when they see any other goalie mentioned. Number one, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on that because there's really nothing to talk about right now. What's what's going on with Carter Hart? And obviously, that's right. All but, pending but once everything. you right, but once you get an answer, because there's a lot of like there is a lot of reason to believe that either Carter Hart be, is part of this and that ruins his hockey career anyway, or he's not part of it and he's getting traded. We all know how this is going to work out. The report's going to drop, and then the next day at 2 p.m., somewhere between 7 and 11 names are going to come out for termination. Probably. Uh, and then the other names on that list will probably be in some form or fashion cleared, and Carter Hart will become a very valuable trade asset and still a goalie making less than $4 million as he enters his physical prime, you know, all these things mm-hmm. about Carter Hart. Right. And, and I, like, I don't even know if that's important this year anymore because we're kind of at, at that point of the off season where it's going to be a lot trickier for things like that. If he were to be clear, like if he were, if he were to be cleared tomorrow, which let's be real, that's not happening. It we've been, we've been spending the last three weeks thinking that maybe something was coming down the pipe at some point here and nothing's happened. So at this point, it, it is really pointless to talk about something that not a lot of people really have even any clue on, let alone, sure. you know, like I'm not trying to sit there and say there's not stuff that's out there. You know, everybody oh. who is around the game is probably hearing some things. Right. The problem is, is that this is not the same thing as hearing about a trade or a signing and thinking, hey, you know, it, you know, if you guessed the wrong, not guessed, but if you were told not an inf- some information and the if number of years. you were told years- Joe Quenville got hired as the Flyers coach. For example, okay. Well, that doesn't that's, sound very good either. Well, what I mean is that's not necessarily information that will ruin your career if you get that wrong. Well, it, exactly. Like yes. the idea that people know it and aren't sharing it is completely ridiculous because what you don't understand if you're feeling that way is that you get any piece of information wrong by reporting well, anything that you think you know and 
your career, it's career suicide. Yep. And it's worse than career suicide because forget about at, the fact that your career is over. You're going to get hit with lawsuits. I was going to say, you're looking at who are, defamation you know, lawsuits. Right, it's a defamation, and, de defamation lawsuit oh, waiting absolutely. to happen. So you either – you not only do you need to be like backed up by so many sources that it's almost right. impossible to get right. that number anyway. You need anyway. about 11 sources. <laughs> you, you know – well, no, closer than that. And there's only eight, eight people in the room. <laughs> Well, closer than that, you you practically need the physical report in your hand. That's fair. To be able to sit the there and say gun. with confidence, yeah. this is who's in it. And you can – like – And no, no journalist short of Rick Westhead is willing to run with that. And if Rick Westhead says it, it's true. So like – Yeah, because if he and says he's not, it, And he's not going to. No, because if he says it and he's probably sitting down with somebody who can directly identify the and people involved or like has, said, has probably has the report. Yes. Right. Exactly. That's how these types of things. And, and, and let's 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 be clear about something else. The report that everybody is waiting on that is concluded and done and should reveal some should information. Be released. Yeah. Well, it should be released, but it's it's an NHL investigation. It was an independent yes. investigation conducted by the NHL. That's not criminal. Right. Like the police department's supposed to also run the same kind of investigation process right. and be able to come out with criminal charges that that then kind of double down on this because, like, there is an element of this where, yes, you know, is is the league potentially trying to hope that some stuff blows over from this and that or at least and certainly the players involved are like because at the end of the day, do you really think that five play like because that that's been the common thing? There's five of them from that Canadian. Okay. I mean, like, there's more people involved, I'm sure, but. It doesn't mean that they were all on the Canadian junior roster. Okay. They're fair. talking about five off of that roster. And out of those five, do you think that anybody, like, at the end of the day, everybody's going to sit there and say, it wasn't me, and I'm willing to of put course. that forward. Which means that there's people who are going to bold-faced lie to you about their involvement, and then it's later going to be revealed, no, they were. You well, know what I mean? to be because, fair, if you're the kind of person to do action A, who's not to say you're one to lie? <laughs> like, well, let's well be no, honest. because it's the same thing. You're like yep. you've got people who are now pointing the finger at well the media should know something how about they do their jobs and put it out there if you're wrong you're ruining your career you're and the done. player is thinking the same thing yeah maybe I know I did this but if I say I did without any evidence to actually like actually point the you know like hey smoking gun in hand I did it then I'm ruining my own career so in an effort That's the way they think in an effort to steer it back towards hockey I yes. do want to I and do want and good and like more positive stuff because well, we're on Sam Harrison. I do want to talk about the fact real quick that, okay, let's assume again, and we've done this on the show before here. Let's assume that Carter Hart is cleared is not one of the people closely involved here. Sure. I, you mentioned that he might not get moved. I'm not so sure about that because I, $4 million is not a lot of money. And I, I know the cap is tight and I know this, that, the other, but he's making a very, very, very reasonable amount. And I think Pretty much any team moving pieces back can find a way to throw two to four million dollars oh. in the deal, deal depending on retention. Potentially, my my issue isn't that it's not it, it, like if if they were you talking been, about from an assets perspective. Well, no, what I'm talking about okay. is I, I'm talking about from a timing perspective because if they would have like if everything would have happened as somewhat somewhat perceived before, which was. We, we, I mean, like we said, this was two weeks ago. It was the Friday two weeks two weeks ago. It was, oh, there might be something. Then we waited for the week after. Then it was the week after that. And it was like this window of end of July, 
Like we're past early August right. at this point. Right. It's when mid- does training camp start? Five weeks, pretty much. I mean, okay. You're, so we you're still talking, have we still have a little time for that. We do, but now that they're sitting here and telling, like, now that essentially the story is there's no timeline for this. You're, you're not going to bury this as hard right. as they can. And you're not going to butt up against training camp and then be able to find a trade cleared or not. You know no, what I mean? Like, that, that that's what I'm fair. And that's what I'm saying from that movement process. Like to, silly to me, me, silly me. I was operating on the assumption that we might actually get this data this summer at some point in time. Well, and I, that's the, and that's a big problem too. Like if you're like, it's clear they're not like eagerly ready to reveal turns, this. And I, and turns and I out Gary Bettman's a lawyer. Like, well, and I understand that there's l- like certain law aspects to this that, yes, sure. like you are like, putting real big, heavy well, and information that's why, out there. Well, and that's why I brought up the thing about the police investigation versus yeah. an NHL investigation because they have to make sure that those two investigations are in tune with one another. Well, not only not only that, but it's also in terms of the punishment, too, because if you come out as as off of an NHL independent investigation and then say we're suspending guys for the whole year or whatever it is, right? Life or right, whatever, whatever it may be. It doesn't I'll just say whole year because that feels like I don't know if it's substantial enough to fit the crime, but it's substantial. Like a year long suspension is. I think I think you're going to hear indefinite or minimum suspension potentially and and reinstatement's going to be needed if you ever want to play like I get but to do it off of an NHL independent investigation where there is no criminal charge against it can also create lawsuits. That's that is fair. Then they, so they have all their is, du- they better have all their ducks in a right, row. So, th- so there's a lot of now. Granted, it's gone on for so long that you feel like this should already have all the you know ducks in a row. Because because let's put it this way: the season wasn't over yet, and you said the investigation was yep. complete. So either you were just sitting around waiting for whatever. You know, like, yes, I understand why you're potentially waiting for a deader period of the offseason because you don't. Yes, as a league, you don't want it to overshadow the Stanley Cup final and you don't want it like like. But the bottom line is, is that now you're going to a point where it's past that point. The longer they sit on it, the worse it is. Absolutely. There's and, no, and, there's and the longer no... you sit on it, the closer you get to its next training camp. Well, now we're into the new season. No, I mean, I'm thinking they're. They're like the kid who got caught doing something he shouldn't have been doing and he got chances to tell the truth and get himself out of it and got chances to tell the truth and get himself out of it. And he, no, 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 no. I think they're pushing it off as long as they can because it's, because they're hoping people forget because it's and no, bad. Well, right. It's bad. Because, and they're hoping people forget. And people because aren't it's going not, to forget. because it's not five. It's eight. It's nine. It's ten. It's well, and, and listen, five, five is off of a very loose report. And I get that. And, and and I and to be fair, I don't even like. You're right. I think it was at least five. It may not have been definitively. It's five people. Like, right. That that's another category of it. Like, and that's how little information media members probably know about this that they can say. Like, you have to speak in terms of. It's not definitely five. It's at least five. Right. Like, because now you're not short. And you're like, you know what I mean? Like, you yep. you're not selling yourself short on. Well, I said it was five, and it turns out it's it. again. Another area where if you're wrong about anything, it kind of hurts your own credibility. So you got to be careful with the language here. And it's why and it's why to an extent, the less that we know about it, the the more it's not worth talking about the process itself. We can talk about how bad it is, but it's also kind of worthless to talk about how bad it is on a weekly basis when it's like that's all you can keep saying. It's just a broken record until you get to a point where it's like just, you know. It is what it like. It is what it is. We know how this league is trying to operate. We've seen it in many different avenues before, and it's going to continue to be that way. And it's just, 
you know, it's gut, it's gutless to an extent. I mean, it's really gutless to not come forward with this when you told people the investigation was done. That was out there. Absolutely. And they are, they are running and hiding and we will see if, and when that comes to a conclusion. But I think, uh, is there anything else we wanted to say on Sam Erson? Just, I mean, like the whole point of bringing that up was the fact that there's a direct correlation because again, it's a goaltender. if, If the worst happens, Realistically speaking, if the worst mm-hmm. happens and Carter Hart is removed from the roster or Sam suspended Erson's, from it or whatever, uh, removed from the roster in one form it's, or it's what everything should be. But I get it. You know, I then, understand. Then realistically, Sam Erson slides up a spot and is probably the backup on your NHL team this year. I'm not even so sure about that. I think that there's a potential chance he could actually start if that were the you case. You think so? Because okay. I because I think that there are still. If you're looking at it from the way that I understood the way that John Tortorella talked about some stuff, I think there's still some trust issues with Sandstrom. Okay. Like that if he, let's put it this way, remove Cal Peterson from the equation. I was going to say they might just run a three man ship with Cal but, Peterson. And but remove Peterson from the equation for one second. And if you asked me, Arison's starting over Sandstrom. Okay. Like I think he's that like I think he's higher than Sandstrom on the death chart now. It's the question about where Peterson falls in and how do they want to navigate that and all because because there's listen there's people who believe that by forget about the signing because it doesn't affect this year obviously but sure. assuming Carter Hart is the starting goalie on opening night as and as listen there's only one realistically there's only potentially one reason at this point why he wouldn't be sure. Well, then, he could get hurt, theoretically, knock on wood. Well, but, yes, I know, but you, you know. know what I mean. Like, why he wouldn't be the <laughs> I, assumed starter is the point. Yeah, fair enough. Then I kind of agree with people that I think Arison would be your number two at this okay. point. And that possibly Peterson's the guy who they throw on waivers and try to pass into the minors. Right. Well, and the fact that um, LA couldn't couldn't get rid of that contract and kind of had to give up – well, and had to give up assets to yeah. move it in, in some form or fashion – um, that goes to show, I mean, he's probably sure. going to clear and he'll probably end up in Allentown. Exactly. And until you need him, obviously, sure, for whatever and, reason. And you, and you so, hope you don't, but you probably will because it's a long season right. and every team goes through there's, three, four or five goalies. There's just a lot of reason to believe that given the way that Arison was talked about over the last calendar year, let's call it, because if you're going from training camp of last year when he kind of was still a relative unknown and then all of a sudden looked pretty good in camp, not all of a sudden. I mean, he's worked, obviously, but I'm, you know what I mean. Like, all of a sudden, he was much more on the radar after training camp than he was going into it. He showed up looking good. Yeah. Sure. And then he then he made appearances over the regular season, too. And so, looked good in them, for sure. the most part. So, now I think he's a greater part of this picture, almost to the point where I think people are also right about the possibility that he is a guy that you can look at in the future and then start to look to a handful of the other goalies. Kolosov. You know, I don't want to jump the gun on Fedotov too much because there's a whole lot. Hey, there's a lot that we and we'll discuss one thing on that in, yeah. in a couple minutes. But his age makes it a little questionable. But okay, but okay, how about these other two goalies they just drafted? How about Bjarnason, for example? Or so you know what I mean? Like, there's reason to believe that they've got enough goalies in the pipeline now from Arison down. You know, because Kolasov's 21 and they just drafted two more 18 year olds to be part of this pipeline. They might be already looking to those guys, that collective group of four, and saying there are our goalies. There are the goalies going forward potentially. Yeah. And for right now, like, 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 let's put it this way: nobody thinks that Cal Peterson's part of this for more than the next two years, right? That's fair. 
Like nobody's thinking that because by that and, point he's going to age himself out and price himself out. Right. Well, and that's the other point. If he's willing to, you know, fall into being a veteran backup, blah, blah, blah. I could see a world where he stays, but I could see him going out and trying to, you know, make some more money. And what if he plays well too? Like that's sure. the other part. Of it. Like exactly. what if he comes in and plays well enough that he thinks he can get a job? That's part of the equation as well. Man, so if, if you rewound 36 <laughs> months and told me Carter Hart wasn't, you know, we were talking about a future without Carter Hart. 36 well yeah 36 months is fair three years we're talking covid bubble yeah oh okay yeah then at that I, come I kinda... on you tell me he's not going to be your goalie five years from then wow i thought i i, I took for what for whatever reason my brain took 36 months and kind of treated it like not like 36 hours but like i i did season and a half oh okay and went like, well, I don't know about that. Like, I don't feel like over a season ago. No, were 36 like months that, is COVID bubble. No, sir. 36 months yeah. is fair because, yes, when we were when we were doing shows coming out of the COVID bubble and all that stuff, it was it was, he was he's the whole reason they had a chance to get yeah. to the conference final. We were talking about him as creeping into the top five goalies in the world. And I and for what it's worth, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he can still perform like a top and, top 15, top 10. Like, and, and that's the part that tears me because I know he's going to. He's going to go somewhere else. And well, he's, un- he's un- until, unless you realize that there's another reason that he won't, you know, like, well, that's, that's fair. And that's, that's fair. the you know, ass- like, again. Again, we're assuming that. Yeah, we can't make, positively. Yeah, and then he gets traded for the record. Oh, to become. Yes. To become the yes. high level. Yes. 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 Which. Yeah, I get you. Um, all right. So that's really all we have on Arison. And that was really the only thing, by the way, I guess to take something with the word contract in it because we th- there is still the uh there is still the issue of Morgan Frost and no contract yet and all that stuff like that. I mean it'll eventually get resolved, don't get me wrong, but I don't have any sense that anything was coming anytime soon. I mean like at let's this put point, this I don't think anybody's worried about it. Well it it because it's going to be it, it's gonna happen at some point. It's just a matter of what's the number gonna be, what's the term gonna be, and kind of and kind of when in general, like how close to training camp are we gonna get for something like this? Usually these types of deals resolve by the end of August because then that way guys are coming back and it's September and like no they nobody in, they have a conversation or two. Nobody really announces done. nobody no, nobody really announces RFA deals after Labor Day. Okay. You know, like by Labor Day, it's usually like your business really better be done because now it's preparations for training camp. You're going to be three, two, three weeks away from training camp at that point. So you got to be pretty close at that point. Like you got to be pretty close to done at that point. Um, But that's the one contract that's still out there that we really don't have anything on. And that's just just worth a mention, because, again, like that was a big topic on the show a couple weeks ago. And it's like, you know, you never know. Like, to, to be honest. Most of the time when a signing comes through in August, I'm usually really surprised, like not, not surprised at like maybe necessarily who it is. Like I get the understanding of it, but, but kind of like it, it almost pops up unexpectedly, right? Like, Whoa. oh, they're doing business today on this guy. Like, okay. Well, like, if, you're, if you're surprised about signings in August. Yeah. How about we talk about a trade in August? Well, did you want to talk about this other little footnote? We'll, really we'll jump on. We'll jump on that later. It was too good All a transition. Right. I can't. I can't yeah. fight it here. All right, uh, and we have a, we have a couple of other August signings to bring up as well. Yeah, early in August like here, Kyle Dubas made his first big move as Penguins GM, <laughs> and by big, I mean Eric freaking Carlson. I mean three trades. I mean what was it? Something like fourteen assets. I, 
Big well, deal. That very clearly took weeks. Yeah. Do you want me to, um, I guess, read off the whole terms of the deal? Because it's oh. a three-team trade, and there's a lot of pieces involved. So we can kind of... Yeah, I have it, too. It is pretty um, quickly. Okay, so, so... let's go by what everyone receives. So sure. Pit- do, you, do you want to do Pittsburgh first? Because they yeah. got the biggest piece. All right, go ahead. Pittsburgh ends up with... And that's just how we're going to do this. Yep. Pittsburgh ends up with Eric Carlson, Rem Pitlick... Dylan, ooh, Dylan Hamiluk, I'm assuming that's how that's pronounced. It looks right to me. It's 2026 fine. third round draft pick. Yep. They got the biggest piece. They got Eric Carlson. Uh, Rem Pit- Pitlick is a solid little player, uh, mm-hmm. brother of former Flyer Tyler Pitlick. Uh, let me check on that, actually. They are. Oh, are they? I, I do know that from fantasy hockey purposes. Okay. Um, I wasn't they are. Either. They are brothers. Um <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, you do get a third round draft pick. It is several years from now. Yeah, Twenty twenty. Oh. Theoretically, San Jose is hoping that they're on the good side. We're on the better side of things by then and start to push that to, towards the back. To be honest, even if they aren't, that sounds like the type of pick that if Pittsburgh's on, that's going to get, even, it's going to be a deal dealt. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah like Dubas deals that later. Absolutely. So. Uh, moving over to, uh, Montreal because they were just kind of in this deal. Mostly, they were the third team. Yes. Right. Mostly to retain a little bit of salary on Eric Carlson. We'll get into the, the salary breakdown in a minute. Uh, Montreal receives uh, Pittsburgh's 2025 second. Uh, Jeff Petrie returns to the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey DeSmith, who Pittsburgh has trying to be, uh, been trying to unload forever. That's part of making the salary work. And uh, Nathan Lagar or Lagari, something along those lines. I think it's Lagare. Is okay. actually Lagare. Yeah. Um, the biggest piece is the biggest piece there is probably the second. Um, Casey DeSmith is a solid option in goal. Jeff Petrie is probably going to get dealt at some point, I imagine. It's um, talked and, about, yes. And, unless Montreal literally just needs the bodies. Um, I, again, they were here mostly to facilitate it via salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then San Jose um, got the biggest, obviously got kind of the bigger assets coming back. Uh, they were giving up the largest chunk, as in Eric Carlson. Uh, they received Pittsburgh's 2024 first-round draft pick, mm-hmm. uh, which, I mean, the Penguins missed the playoffs this year. Like, that's not, yeah. I mean, it's it's very risky to trade your, your first a year out. Um, but they, they do get that first-round draft pick. They do also get Michael Granlund. They get Jan Ruda. And from the Montreal Canadiens, they do get Mike Hoffman as well. I do want to throw um, one caveat in on the draft pick thing because it is conditional with the top, top 10 protection, protection okay. which basically means, like, to your point, if you if spike they the lottery. Right. But if you were to miss the playoffs and win the lottery in some capacity, which, listen, missing the playoffs barely and winning the lottery is not first overall or anything, but it's still top five. See, but the thing is, I don't know if that's better for Pittsburgh because then I assume it becomes a 2025 unprotected first. That is usually how these things go. And that pick might be even worse. Because, yeah, it's true. I mean, Pittsburgh's not getting better. Like, they're not a young core four here, especially adding Eric Carlson. And yes, Eric Carlson turned back the clocks and had an incredible season and won the Norris and looked like mm-hmm. 2016, you know, top of the world Eric Carlson again. But <laughs> you still have to be nervous that it was lightning in a bottle, that you are paying for an asset that has only had one good season over the last five or so. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a risky trade out of Kyle Dubas, but he's doing what Ron Hextall was not. 
He is moving significant future pieces, uh, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, uh, multiple other assets, to try to win a cup with the, the three, well, now four. So here's here's where I'm at with this because the tr- so this trade happened a week ago. By the way, this was August sixth yeah. that the trade went down. We've had and a little were, bit of time to reflect no, on. Well, I know. And then there was and there was a signing that happened a couple days earlier than this by two okay. teams that it feels like are trying to squeeze every last drop out of their superstars. Okay. Now I didn't tell you what the team making the signing was that's doing that, but I'm gonna. I'm sure you can figure it out by the time I'm done talking about the Eric Carlson trade, because um, I'll talk about that first, just on its own. Okay. Um, I think that this makes the Pittsburgh Penguins a better team next season. I agree that, with you. For I the think record. that that's fair yeah. to say because. Yes, you still have all of those pieces that still put up good point totals. You still have Crosby and Malkin yeah. and Latang. And as you know, far as your you know, roster goes, the biggest asset you gave up was Michael Granlund, who wasn't really a good fit there anyway. And, let's be real. right. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I you didn't give up any as far as your roster assets. You didn't really give up a whole right. I mean, like, well, like, because having nothing that's not replaceable. Because having Petrie wasn't a big like it, they didn't have him for long, so he wasn't really an established member of that group per right. se. DeSmith is their was their backup, and they obviously just latched onto Jari for a long term extension. So that's another key to that. And, and they've Jan- been actively shopping DeSmith for months. And 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 Jan Root is the other piece that they gave up, realistically speaking. And again, I mean, I guess, I guess, like, let's just wait. You're <sighs> giving up two. You're, no, but you're giving up two defensemen to get the reigning Norris winner. Hello. I think like you're going to do that if it came to it, right? Um, the thing that kind of like, – well, and one caveat to the whole core group for a second here because I said like you still have Crosby, you still have Malkin, you still have um, yeah, Latang, and now you have Eric Carlson, and that's obviously the co- – that's the big core four in Pittsburgh now, which, man, it's so funny to keep bringing that term up every time Kyle du- – it's following Kyle Dubas around the core four. Um, <laughs> we certainly will. Big caveat with Pittsburgh's roster in the early part of the season because I'm sure you've seen that Jake Gensel had a surgery and is out for yes. 12 weeks, I think it is, or something like that. So he's going to miss like probably two months of the season minimum. And and then might take a few weeks to get up to speed. Right. So that's a big loss. I mean, yeah. that's a like because that's a big, the, he's a big part of their offense, honestly, at this right. point in time. The biggest problem that the Pittsburgh Penguins have at this point. It, like I said, I, I think it makes them better next year. And to like to be honest, from the perspective that we tend to come from, from a Flyers perspective, you should be jumping for joy because you don't want no because you don't want to win games, right? Like like everybody who last year was like, well, they won too many games because and it took them out like and of course like in hindsight, it didn't take them out of play for anything that they you know that That's they fair. necessarily. Yeah, it felt like. And you're sitting there looking at next year's draft class, and you're not thinking the same way you did about this year's draft class, like over the whole first round. But you are thinking about that top five potential because let's put it this way: there's already three, at least three forward names that everybody would go insane over, right? And you can probably add in at least two defensemen who people would go insane over as well. So if you can get into the top five, you're getting probably cornerstone defensemen or another key forward piece. Yeah, and you're moving forward with that. Hopefully. So so a Pittsburgh team that's in your division that you play with more regularity than some of the other teams, 
that has Crosby, who's still going to be really good no matter how you splice it. Malkin, who's still going to be able to destroy you on a power play, let's just say, you know, and things like that. Yep. Letang, who can still get it done. As long as he's healthy, he's still a a top-tier defenseman. Put those, put those forward. Now, Letang's a defenseman, I get it, but put those forward, but put those forwards with Gensel whenever he comes back, you know, assuming he comes back at full health and, and capability, but also Brian Rust, Ricard Raquel, Riley Smith is an inco- is an incoming acquisition now who wasn't part of the team last year, but comes and comes from the freaking Vegas Golden Knights who just won a Stanley Cup. Jeff Carter, who at even his age is still productive. Yep. You know, you add all of these pieces into place, and that's still a decent team with potential to make the playoffs next year. Absolutely. And, and and that's about as far as I go, by the way. Like, I know that everybody wants to jump and go, man, look at that group. Like, look at look at what you can do when you sit there and you talk about Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Rust, Smith, Carter, and then Carlson, Latang as your top two defensemen, right? And then you kind of have to pull yourself back and go, yeah, that's a, it, 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 on paper, it sure looks like a really strong group. Sure. And then don't you wish you had it five years ago like that? Yeah. Because then you would take – Oh man, you know, Jeff Carter at 34 years old, 33, 34, and Crosby at 28, and Gensel at 25. And like, yeah, next thing you know, you're adding it all up and you're going, man, that's great. But you look but, at their, but look at their ages now. You know what I mean? Like, but the other thing that you have to mention, and, what, and I hate to say it, okay. but he's one of those players. Yeah. You, you put him in the playoffs, it's hard to bet against Cindy Crosby. It is. No, I know, but like, period. But but again, from an asset standpoint, like you're trading away your 2024 first round pick to shoot your shot with a 33 year old defenseman who you just acquired, who's going to be, by the way, making more money than any player on your roster. Yep. Immediately, like more money than Crosby, more money than Malkin, more money than Latang. He's making more money than all of them. Like in terms of individual player, number one, because it's a ten million dollar contract. Crosby's eight point seven. You just uh, by the way, by the way, for four more seasons. Oh yeah, for four more. Uh, yeah, I get that. So he's a, he's there. And the part that I can't forget is you're right. Like last year was a big time revival for Carlson. Huge. Like to go out and put up a hundred points and be one of those rare defensemen who can do it. At his age, after all of the like, remember how close to ruined he on was the, after that playoff that run in Ottawa too. Well, right, but remember how close to ruined he was after that playoff run in Ottawa? Man, he was like mangled. injured like crazy. His, couldn't couldn't stay healthy. It was nearly ankles, the end of his, his career. Hips, his back, his everything. And that's the big risk with the 33-year-old defenseman who, despite a Norris Trophy winning season, has also been through car accidents. It, like, like essentially, like he's he's been through so much yeah. physically in his career. And he's only thirty. Like he's only at thirty three. Realistically speaking, he could have four more good years left in him at thirty three. Right. But, right. But how long? How that. long did Nick Lidstrom play? Right. But you don't right. know that, especially with the injury history. And then you throw in Crosby's thirty six, Malkin's thirty seven, <laughs> Carter's they're thirty. Up, they're getting Jeff older. Carter is thirty. Too. Jeff Carter is thirty eight. Latang is thirty six. And then, oh by the way, you sit there and you start to scroll through, and as you go through the rest of the group. Like you would like you would love to have at least one player who you can sit there and go, he's 24, you know, oh, that's the build around the future thing. But let's keep going. Brian Rust is 31. Ricard Raquel is 30. Riley Smith is 32. Lars Eller, 34. Nola Chari, 31. Finally, you get to Rem Pitlick at 26 and you say, OK, there's a younger guy. But like there 
you can't go off of, hey, you know what? The only three under 30 forwards on the roster are Rem Pitlick, Drew O'Connor, and Alex Nylander. By the way, something I wanted to mention, because you've mentioned him a couple times on this in this little segment here now. Sure. It makes me absolutely sick that Jeff Carter is going to go down in the history books as a penguin and a friggin' king. <laughs> he's and uh, I'm <laughs> well, and he's got like I hate to say this because I know people probably don't want to hear it, but to me, he's got like he's got the same kind of Hall of Fame case that Rod Brindamore has. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, the numbers just add up. You know what I mean? God, like if if they win in 2010, they don't trade him. There's no shot. Well, and they didn't. That's it. The might point. it might ruin the franchise, but <laughs> who knows? <sighs> you know. But oh, we can't I do, play what if. Well, no, maybe but, on the next show. Right. And oh, but no. And oh, by the way, like I don't want to make it sit. Like I just mentioned those three forwards that are under 30. Gensel is 28, so. He qualifies as an under 30, but you also have to think about the fact that once the contract for Carlson's up, which you can only assume is about as far as Crosby and Malkin are going to, and Latang are going to go, because by that point, four years from now, they're all 40. Like, yep. that's it. It's over after this Done. particular thing. And to spend what they just did to do this for maybe. How do like, and I'm not trying to say this is for sure and certain the way it's going to be, but Crosby's got two years left on his contract. How do we know that that's not the farewell tour? I have a feeling it might be. I think there's potential. I mean, you know, you know what else comes into play with some of that, to be honest? When you're a player like Sidney Crosby is, who's had the career he's had, and we all know he's going to be a Hall of Famer, he's won three cups. First ballot, yep. And you watch a guy like Patrice Bergeron just hang him up, and you're two years in age behind him, you start thinking, you know? All right, two more years. Right. Hmm. And, and it's not like Crosby's never going to do, like, like, geez, like, for real. Isn't Crosby just going to get another job as soon as he decides I'm done playing? Of course. He's going like, to follow in the footsteps of Mario and move right upstairs in the Pittsburgh organization. But you have to decide when, you know, like, as the player. you got to sure. decide when and whether or not that – and listen, I could see Crosby going the other direction. He's still well, a very productive player. Like, he could ride out the final two years of the contract and then say, I'm going to do the one-year route for a couple of years. I mean, like, I think Crosby's the type of guy who would want to play until – like. Who would actually I, strive I can see to him say, signing one year, one mil, one year, one mil, one year. Well, and one I can mil. see him playing to 40 is my point. Like Absolutely. I was going to say, like he's the type of guy who, because of the way that he still plays, I could see saying, I'll get to 40. I'll stretch this thing out till 40 because he's but, not hurting a team. But I do, until 40. I do also see him being the kind of person who, with the amount of damage he's taken in his career, uh, and I'm not wishing it upon him, knock on wood, I'm, you know. Uh, but one, no, but right. one, one more serious injury, and I could see him going. All right, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, live my life, and I'm gonna retain some of my long term health, well, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm done. Thank you. Well, even like, and again, you know, even though as far as as far as I know, anyway, and I mean, you can correct me if you've seen anything different on this, but even though Jonathan Taves hasn't formally said the words retirement, uh, it seems like, like that's the case, no, right? But, like, but does it like, but? But you remember when Taves couldn't play for a while because, again, there was kind of some health issues going on, things like that? Yeah. It makes you think. Like, yeah, you're you're right. One more serious injury, and he might be thinking about, like, I can't do this anymore. I got to think about my health. And, and like, don't forget, like, we're talking about Crosby with two years left on his contract and worrying about, oh, that'll take him to 38. Malkin just re-upped last year for four years, so he's got three years left. That'll take him to 40. And Latang re-upped for six, 
and <sighs> that he's got deal five years left, and he's going to go to forty-one. Ugly. That deal is hideous. And, and now you've hideous. got well, and now you've got the Carlson deal that has you know at thirty-three all, all years those, old. All those guys are going to develop mysterious long-term injuries. Potentially, yeah, but then what? Then what kind of roster are you throwing after? And that's the point. Well, I just well, no, I mean, when it's time to break it down in two or three years, all of them are going to have you know the sacrifice as a team. They've sacrificed so much for where they are to be that franchise to try to get like to make one more push with all with all three of the guys who have been there forever and try this one more time, emptying the tank, absolutely. And 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 the thing is, is it's good like pretty much until they end up in the same position where you're picking near the top, they're going to be a franchise that pays for it later. Um, like until you get like, like until like, again, like I know people sit there and say the inevitable, Oh, there's the first round, the first overall pick that magically happens. Theoretically, you know? theoretically the way both franchises are projecting, it looks like the flyers and the penguins are going to miss each other for the next little while. Presumably. Well, well, because one's gonna, one's trying to squeeze the rest of the juice out of the core, and, and the is, other one is building a core. Well, right, and and the penguins lo- certainly look like they're willing to, you know, whether they win or not, they're willing to empty the tank. And when these players do call it quits, they're gonna suffer for a couple of years. Like, there's mm-hmm. not gonna be a core there. They're gonna be. You know, and obviously Kyle Dubas is a good GM, and if he's still there, he can probably turn it around pretty quickly. But you know, you are looking at a reset in yeah. some in some way. Oh yeah, and that's like so. This is why. So okay, so I want to shift to the signing that I wanted to talk yeah. about. And there's a and there's a handful I want to touch on by the way, because there was a couple of key free agents. Uh, there was like a couple of key free agents that signed. We got a couple of contract extensions that I wanted to get into, and, and this is one of the contract e- extensions. By the way, this is yeah. not a new contract, but. I think you can figure out the player or the team I want to talk about because it really directly coincides with the Penguins in a lot of ways because, let's face it, the two players that it seemed like the Carlson trade, we, we immediately go into Crosby's career, right? Because that, like it coincides with what will probably be the end of Crosby's career. Like the whole package of Carlson's timeline with the contract that he's got and all that, it seems like it coincides with Crosby's final years of his career. Yeah. That, like a four-year window to where he's 40. And there's another team who, again, we're going to take the, the implications of the signing that they made and look at a totally different player who's the cornerstone and, again, about squeezing out as much as you can with this and, and, and whatnot. So do you have any clue who I'm talking about? I don't. Tom Wilson. Okay, okay, okay. Because it's, it's Washington. Because yeah, yeah. Because it's the same concept. Here's I forgot Tom about Wilson. that extension. Okay. So I, let me let me read off the uh, terms of that deal first before we get in. Because, again, this was another contract extension done a year early. So it didn't have to happen this offseason. So Tom Wilson got a seven-year extension with a $6.5 million average annual value with the Washington Capitals. That will take him. He is currently age 29. And that will take him eight more years now. So he signed for the next eight years. So you can do the math that will take him into his late thirties. Yep. 
um, that will take a player of his style into his late thirties, meaning, you know, yes, he can score a few, like, yes, he can score a few goals, but he also is very rough and tumble and physical. And, you know, and we are a fan base that just watched Wayne Simmons kind of deteriorate pretty quickly. Sure. And, and a lot of the immediate reaction to a move like this was, this is so clearly about keeping the group around that can help Ovechkin get to the goal record. Oh, and sure. And, and I'm not denying that they're not an oh, like they're not a decent team with the group that they have. If you sure. look at if you look on paper at the fact that, and this is everybody who signed for the upcoming season: Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, Mantha, Wilson, Strom. Um, you add in like there's a couple pieces below that, but those are really the main guys. And then defensively, it's still Carlson, Jensen. Van Riemsdyk, Ferrari. Um, they they got uh, they still have Rasmus Sandin under contract that they got last year, which I think was still a good trade for them. A guy who is twenty three, you know, right. like that's also a good one. So you have all of those guys, you know, and that's the thing. Like those are those are the pieces that they're kind of relying on to make them a good enough team. And again, remember, both teams we're talking about here: um, Pittsburgh and Washington didn't make the playoffs last year. That's that's really important to remember in this because you're trying to do things that can hopefully make you better, but also at the same time, it's very clear that already we saw the shift between where they were and where they were going potentially. Like being, you can be at the top for a while, you can be at the top for over a decade, for ten to fifteen years. Yep. And eventually, it's got to kind of fall because that star player is going to be closer and closer to being on the way out, and. Absolutely. We saw it. We saw it with the Detroit Red Wings. You know, they held on and they held on and they held on and they traded for assets and they clawed to keep that playoff streak alive. They got it for 25 years and then everybody retired and they really fell off for half a decade. Yeah. And I, I just think that in both cases between whether it's the Carlson trade or the Wilson extension, that these are two deals, however you want to terminize it to blend together transactions that are probably fine for the early going of both that they will do what they hope to accomplish in the next handful of years, but probably won't age well. Well, and you're hoping, uh, especially a team like Washington um, around Tom Wilson, you're hoping that the cap goes up, your big, yeah. name, your big names start to fall off as they start retiring. And mm-hmm. then his, his contract becomes a little more manageable. Well, it's a smaller percentage of the yeah. cap. I, I do want to say one thing about the Wilson thing is that, I don't think it's a bad contract from the money value at all. Honestly, no. He scores, he scores more than the average physical player. It just didn't and, need to be seven years. Well, uh, because I don't even know if you're getting seven years out of him. Because he, because again, if it's four. He, like, is, is there a problem if it's four or five? Probably not. It's, well, it's better. I, right. I don't. I don't even know if you're getting that much. Is my point. Like, you're I, one, think, I think you're, you're getting one four more years out of Tom Wilson. He's not that old. Yeah, but he did also have a major surgery before last season, too. And that's the thing. Like, that's if you wear down the body enough, like, I'm worried about he's 29, like I just said. I'm worried about Wayne Simmons fell apart at 33, 34 years old. You're not. Right. I'm worried. I'm worried about that if, if I'm so, Washington. So but, I, I did want to mention a, uh, a re signing that will age incredibly well. Oh, uh, I know. I already hope I know which one you're talking about because it's the top one on my list. Anyway. Holy crow. The Carolina Hurricanes and an absolute steal getting Sebastian Ajo for. Oh, we already did that one. Did we already? That was yeah, that was show? last show. Yeah. Okay. 
I thought you were talking about the fact that avoiding arbitration, Troy Terry oh, and Anaheim, yes, seven years, seven mil is going to age very well for them. That one is also going to age very well. I, the money, yeah, you know, it no, might be I a think, touch uh, high, with, but I, I think it's cap, okay. With the cap, I think it'll be okay. Well, it, and I think it, Anaheim, it, quite frankly, has to overpay people a little tiny bit right now just sure. to keep them happy because you've been so bad. I can't, well, I'll tell you which one I can't wait to see as a follow-up because it's not happening yet, but it will eventually. I can't okay. wait. What do, what do you think that Trevor Zegers' first contract following the early years is going to be? You know what I we'll mean? See. Like, yeah. Like, I got to think the money is going to be a, like it's probably over eight, don't you think? Eight it's and a half. It depends on when they get it done. I think that's one of those ones that you want to sign it the second you're eligible to. Sure. Every game you let him play after that is going to so, cost you money. Yeah. So because because we're not looking to do too much more here, we have one. Yeah. Quick, we do have one quick flyers note to get to. But before we do that, I did yeah. have three really quick hitters on signings, and then one that I actually really wanted to actually bring up because it was a little bit more substantial. I'll say so. Sure. The quick hitters are uh, Pia Suter signed with uh, Vancouver. Caleb yep. Jones signed with Carolina. Former Flyer Martin Jones signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is yep. interesting to say All, the least. All short-term deals, guys yeah, nothing just finding big. spots. But yeah. this, but here's one I actually wanted to bring up with more substance than just yeah. the average mention because this was a free agent that was high on a lot of lists and then finally signed and signed with maybe a team not everybody thought he would go to, I guess. How about Matt Dumba getting a one-year deal for just under $4 million, 3.9 mil with Arizona? Yeah, honestly, I... I thought Carolina was going to look at him once they fell out of the Eric Carlson trade or sweepstakes. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he ended up in Arizona kind of makes sense to me because I think they need NHL players. And yeah, Matt Dumb is an NHL more, player. Oh, yeah, he is. They've made some additions that are really interesting this offseason, though. Like they, uh, I don't they think. More like a formidable team than they did last year. They are dangerously approaching being a real NHL team. Yeah, it's it's interesting. No, I like, don't I don't think they're going to be very good. I don't think they're going to come anywhere near a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to win more than probably about 30, 35 games. Uh, but, but they fair. will be better than last year. But that's it, but see, this is exactly where I'm going because what you yep. just said is exactly fair because now all of a sudden I'm sitting there going, call me crazy, but that's not a bad team. Well, you're starting to put a skeleton together so that when you get the stars and the stars start rolling in, you can start slotting them in. Like you're filling out the rest of your roster now, so when yeah, the big boys like, roll I in, you're ready to go. Like that was the thing. Like they bring him in now too after like they've had already a decent off season to begin with, and it's like, huh? You know, like I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump so far to go. Hey, they could possibly be a playoff team, but like well, I don't think they're bad. Like I don't know if they're. I mean, are and they Matt, and Matt Dumba is a great trade asset for them, assuming they're out of it. And they well, that's fair. Looking at that's the deadline, he only signed a one year deal. It's a it, super a number that they can get down super low, super easily. It's best of both worlds for them because it yep. really is like you could either be a way better team. Yeah, you could like either a be a bucks. way better team. You could either be a way better team with him this year, or you could not be as good of a team as you thought and, and you could still get great value yep. for him. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yep. a thousand percent over. Speaking right. of great value, <laughs> this, let's talk about that Tony D'Angelo trade one more time because 
So basically, if you're not paying attention, that rumored trade for Tony D'Angelo ended up happening in the most complicated, convoluted, distorted (laughs) way possible. It happened in the most stick-it-to-the-league way possible. Somehow, Tony D'Angelo, or like this trade was for previous considerations. Um, (laughs) Pretty much. It's never happened before. Um, But so Tony D'Angelo, Tony D'Angelo finds his way to Carolina. The Flyers have a roster or a salary cap penalty. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers also received the same assets back that they were going to get in the original deal. They made the trade. They made the trade. They made Pretty the trade. Much. And and the the belief is because I, I, this was this was talked about a little bit on Snow the goalie with on Crossing Broad. Anthony Sanfilippo was talking about this a little bit. Everything that was in this deal was in the original deal. Yeah. That's, That's what I'm saying. Season. Like, well, no, because I I didn't know about the fifth round pick part as much. Yep. Like, we 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 had heard the name Massimo Rizzo before. I thought we knew about the fifth round pick. No, I don't remember there being a pick involved in the deal per se. I thought I remembered hearing that, but maybe I'm wrong. But either way, I, the deal gets done. Yeah, eventually. And it, so it involves a couple extra pieces, like we said. So the fifth round pick was something that we weren't talking about as much, right. and Carolina getting the rights to David Kasha, who. For people who may not no, for people who may not remember, was called up by the Flyers like three yep. years ago prior to the bubble. And looks scored, okay. Scored his first NHL goal yep. against the Anaheim Ducks that one time. You know, he's like, he's a guy that kind of just got rocked by the whole COVID thing, not because he well, had it or he, anything, but just the no, situation no, no, he, of the world shutting down. Well, and then because he because the year after he played one game with them, and then he yep. played the last two seasons in Czechia. So like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You go, you know, as soon as you go over and start playing in Europe, you kind of aren't factoring into a team's plans as much. It's, it's tough. Yeah. And, and the Rizzo thing is fascinating in and of itself because he now he plays for the University of Denver. Somebody get that man an apartment in South Philly stat. Well, yeah, I know. Right. For, you, you Massimo know. Rizzo. Yeah, okay. Come on. Yes, he does have the perfect Italian for, for Philly. I get that. Um. But in all seriousness, from a hockey standpoint, you know, he had a good like he had a solid year at Den- at Denver last year, 17 goals, 46 points in 38 games. And it still technically only qualified as a sophomore season. So he still got years of eligibility to go back. And as far as I know, that's the intention is that sure. he's going to go back. There was there was some stuff out there that he was like going to sign like this week or, or right. like last this past week, I mean, or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know because because here's the thing. Do, does he have a spot on no. like, the AHL roster? No. Right. So I think right now the benefit is send him back to college. Sure. He's got the eligibility. Else. Use it. Uh, we, and the whole the whole way along before the draft, when this trade got mm-hmm. leaked, you know, we talked about this being a you know a lottery ticket type of prospect. You know, we're not expecting a whole lot out of this guy, but if he turns into something, he turns into something. And, exactly. And and I think that. You're, you're taking a chance. You're going to see what happens. I think there's a reason to believe that they may sign him like following a junior season. Like he would play his junior season in college and then and then you start talking because it's because Denver's a good program. We know this. Absolutely. Like, so, you know, and he and like like he there's a connection with Bobby Brink a little bit because that's where Bobby Brink went to college and all yep. that type of stuff. So, again, you've got a couple of things that kind of go in line here and. We'll see, we'll see, but it was just it was just funny how it all kind of came together and the way that it came together because it was it really was a big like let's stick it to the league kind of thing like that they kind of had a handshake agreement that despite the fact that the Hilarious. original trade never happened and it resulted in a buyout which by the way benefited both teams more. Yep, the Flyers keep a retention spot for salary for a trade in the future, 
Don Waddell and Danny Briere, Petty and, Kings. And Carolina got him for cheaper. Yep. And they all and then they still got what they wanted from the trade anyway. So and if nothing, like the reason that I brought up the fifth round pick is because of the fact that it's like, you know what? Good on Danny Briere for getting a pick out of that instead of just, hey, rights to a player for rights to a player for a player that you were otherwise gonna buy out. Like, you know, like good for getting something that actually in your current state has value. Sure. You know, more than just a lottery ticket prospect. Even, even just that, that fifth round pick. Like that's a huge asset. Yeah. And it is in 2025. So you've got, you know, but but again and again, any pick You're over the next two rebuild. years is good. Right. Yeah. Any pick over the next two years is a good pick. So good good on you for making a trade like that that actually has the benefits of both sides involved. Absolutely. And that's really like and listen, we're stretching talking about this because it's the only stuff we can talk about in August. Uh, and you know that Honestly, there's not even really any reason to stretch it. Uh, we nope. are in. We are. We talked about it before the show. It's vacation time. You know, if you're yep. dropping news now, you're a jerk. Uh, the <laughs> old, uh, oh, the, so really quick before we get out of here, then there yeah. is one piece of news that may be coming soon. Okay, because there, there were reports out that um, a decision on what happens with Ivan Fedotov's contract okay. could be out on Monday. So okay. I do want to make sure that that's out there, like. Or that we at least bring that up because it's not something we're going to talk about until the next time around. I don't, sure. you know. And again, I don't want to say it's definitely happening on Monday either. I mean, it's a, there's a right. good possibility, but I don't want to assume that it's completely. But I can certainly feel like I can assume it's going to be this week. So well, and the best way to find out about that will be following Kevin on social media at Kevin underscore Durso. Uh, follow the show as well at YWT Podcast. Find us everywhere you find your podcasts, including at SportsTalkPhilly.com. Um, Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button. Share with your friends. I don't know how this whole thing works. Um, <laughs> and that being said, we're just about out of here. We got two weeks until our next show. We're working on getting back. Uh, we'll be back in the rhythm soon. Um, go Phils. <laughs> we'll be back soon. See ya.